Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to our Digital Campus broadcast. We are so glad that you are joining us. And as uh, many of you know, this is our uh, beginning of our week, and so we are beginning a new series. But before I turn to that, let me remind you, last week we had a great time learning about temptation, sin, and forgiveness, and we used uh, puppets to do it, and we challenged all of you that you would create your own sock puppet. And uh, so you want to finish that up this week and submit it. You can go to newyorkupc.info and uh, find the card there that you're able to submit that picture of you and your sock puppet. Let me tell you, doing puppets was a lot harder. So today I'm going to spend a little bit of time doing an easier job because that was hard keeping my thoughts straight and the hand moving and uh, a different voice while well, I, I failed at that. So I apologize. I wasn't trying to do ventriloquism. My wife really set the bar on that. Uh, I was just trying to have a different voice, but I, I failed at that. But tonight I want to talk to you and kind of launch our series. And, and this week we're going to be looking at specifically at um, faith. And uh, we're, we're going to intro and begin this new series on faith. And I'd like to start with a, a verse of scripture that is very, very familiar to all of us. And uh, this is really the, the foundation of the series in looking at faith. And if we wanted to put another word with faith, it is faith in action. It is faith without works, James says, is dead. And so the, the idea that faith is not simply a concept or a thought a believism, but rather faith is when we believe something such that we do something. And uh, one of the biggest misnomers is the idea that by doing something, then we have been able to save ourselves. Or and That's not the point. The point is, is that if we truly believe, then we will take action. And so Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 say this. This is the New Living Translation. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And that's very powerful. If you stop there for just a moment and you recognize that something we hope for is not yet a reality, and yet the scripture says faith shows the reality of what we hope for. And Typically, for our human experience, things we cannot see, well, that's not evidence. In fact, there's a state in our union, Missouri, that is called the show-me state because somewhere within their psyche and that is, we're not going to just believe anything you tell us. Show me. But the scriptures say faith is the evidence of things we cannot see. It's the bridge into the spiritual world. It's the bridge into the other aspect of our world that we kind of know is there, but it, we're uncomfortable with it. We know that it's present and real, and yet we can't control it. In fact, we do not naturally understand it. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's not yet come, but faith says here it is. And faith is the evidence, the proof, if you will, of things we cannot see. We don't yet have eyes on them, and yet it's as if we did. And then verse 2 sets us up. Through their faith, the people in days of old 
earned a good reputation. Uh, the Net Bible actually translates this verse and says, For by it the people of old received God's commendation. A good reputation, God's commendation, kind of sounds like that phrase that Jesus talks about, that when we reach the end of our days, we will hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so tonight, we're launching this series dealing with faith, faith in action. And we're going to look at some examples throughout the Bible across this series of people who took action. That faith was not simply the concept or the idea that they believed in and they, they spoke with their mouth, but rather they actually took concrete action that was based upon the unknown that only was known by faith. Faith is not stupidity. Faith is not ignorance. Faith is not standing in the middle of railroad tracks and saying, God, don't let the train hit me. Faith is not unintelligent. Faith is that which is spiritual. To every man, the scripture said, is given a measure of faith. That comes from God. It pleases God. And it's that which allows us to see what really is and to grasp hold of what will be that's already settled within the spiritual realm, but has not yet become reality in the physical realm. So tonight, I'm going to look at and spend the next about 10 minutes looking at Moses. And so if you, uh, same chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, drop down to verse 23. I want to I focus on just a couple of verses. There's a lot in Moses' life, but I want to focus on just a couple of verses. So verse 23, it says, it was by faith, that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. And then verse 24, It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people, instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Now, this faith story begins with parents. And tonight I want to speak very briefly, but very pointedly to you parents. You form your children. Life presents you with trials. Life presents you with troubles. Don't hide them. Don't, don't try to act like life doesn't have its troubles. Don't, don't try to act like your marriage doesn't have challenges. Don't try to act like you have done everything perfectly because ultimately your children will grow up and they will come to realize that if you presented that picture, they will know that it's a lie. So don't hide from them but rather understand that your example, your choices of faith, will form your children. Moses' parents, it began when Moses was unaware. And we all know the story, and I'm going to very briefly touch on the points I want to draw out. First of all, that they refused to not take steps to try to preserve the child's life. 
They went and had the birth someplace where somehow they were able to do that birth without the soldiers knowing it was happening. But then the scriptures tell us that as the child began to grow older and they were unable to keep it quiet, they, they made a, a basket and they took it out into a place where the soldiers wouldn't be looking. They put it on the Nile and they allowed it to float there. And they had the older sister, Miriam, watch that basket. And we know what happened. That basket floated down into the area where Pharaoh's daughter happened to be bathing. And the results were that she, she fell in love with the child. But what scripture tells us and what custom allows us to understand is that then she tried to provide for that child. She was not obviously able to nurse that child. And so she's looking for a wet nurse, someone who had been pregnant or was pregnant and therefore would be lactating and could feed the child. And Miriam here was very resourceful in, in volunteering Moses' own mother. And so it goes from a place of hiding the child, an action taken to preserve his life, to now making yourself basically a servant of Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh's household paid for and facilitated and guarded the life of Moses. And he spent a number of years in his own house, but as Pharaoh's daughter's son. It's very important that next verse, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, grew up refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But his days in that home with his mother, Yes, at her breast, but then as time moved on and she probably breastfed him longer than we normally would, my estimates based on culture and that is it's very likely that he was there until the age of four or five at a minimum. And so you got to understand is there was a lot of time to teach Moses a lot of things. So they took action to preserve his life. They took action to, to care for him even as he was now Pharaoh's daughter's son. They instilled in him thoughts and ideas. And so parents, you are pivotal. Because then verse 24, when it says it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused. That refusal was on the basis of a choice on his part. Yes, without any question. But it was on a choice that was informed by the teachings of his mother and his father. Those days in his mother and father's home as Pharaoh's daughter's son. Jewish history, this is not Bible, but Jewish history tells us, and there's a certain amount of resonance in my mind with what is happening in, in the story, that this makes a certain amount of sense, that Jewish history tells us that Moses was actually a warrior. He was trained in Pharaoh's uh, courts, in his palace, and that he in fact went and, and conquered an Ethiopian to the south of Egypt, an Ethiopian city, and brought back great treasure to Pharaoh. And, and I wonder if that's not what is present in verse 26. I didn't read it to you, but he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. I wonder if that's even an allusion to this piece. And I've often said the reason it makes sense that he was a warrior is Joshua becomes a great warrior. We know him. He conquers most of the land of Canaan. Where did he learn to fight? He was a slave. I would argue that it was Moses who taught him. So you're looking at a young man who leaves his biological father and mother's home and goes and is Pharaoh's daughter's son. It's not a matter of whether he was. He was. 
The palace is his. He understands the palace. And leave the Ten Commandments behind for just a moment, regardless of whether he would have ever been Pharaoh or not. That's not the point. He was royalty. The preferences and the, and the care that he would have received, the comforts that he would have received. He had a whole other culture and a whole other way of looking at the world. But what had been planted by his parents because of their choices to not just believe something, but to take action, to take the action to birth the child somehow safely, to take action to put him into a basket, to take the action to feed him, understanding he was going to leave them and to trust that what they taught him would hold true. It ultimately came back, and we know what happened. Somewhere, something occurred. Somewhere, some kind of transition occurred in Moses' mind, and he's out, and he sees the slavery, and he knows that's his people, and it finally crystallizes for him. So parents, I encourage you, if your child is in a stage where maybe they're away from God, and maybe they're not, they, they're not yet doing what you want them to do, and things are not yet operating the way that you want them to operate, do not lose faith. I wonder if Moses' father and mother saw Moses time and time again. I wondered, when is he going to return to what we taught him? When is he going to respond to what we left within him? But at some point, the scriptures tell us that Moses made a decision. Moses decided that that was it. He was not going to do this anymore. And he saw a taskmaster, in his opinion, unjustly treating a Hebrew slave. And he killed him. That also, by the way, speaks to my, my idea of him as a warrior. He, you don't just kill a taskmaster out of, out of nothing unless you are a warrior. He killed him. He didn't have his guards kill him. No, he killed him. And, and from there it escalated, and he left Pharaoh's palace, and he left, and he, and he returned to what had been planted within him. But notice, Moses didn't just say, I believe the God of the Hebrews, or I believe the stories my parents taught me, or I believe. No, he took action. And our actions cost us at times. Our actions are costly. But faith and action is about doing something. And even the doing something may not get the net result, but it indicates to God, it pleases God, that we believe that he is, as Hebrews eleven six 6 says, and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. We believe that enough that we would take action. And don't make the mistake of thinking the action in and of itself is going to carry the day. It may not. But it will indicate to God that you believe. Because faith is not about a statement. Faith, as James puts it, is about works. Or, as I put it, it's about action. It's about deciding to do something without a guarantee. Remember verse number one. It's evidence of something that cannot be seen. It is reality of something that is only hoped for. But somehow by faith, we can earn God's commendation. We can earn God's pleasure. Not that we have a right to it, but it pleases him when we believe him. We can get a good reputation. And so tonight, as we begin this series, I challenge you, let your faith not simply be what you say. Let your faith lead you to what you do. And even if what you do is not enough, even if what you do does not seem effective, even if what you do is nothing but the size of a small grain of mustard seed, 
if you really believe, it's going to lead to action. And that action is critical. Now, this week, begin to think about, because we're going to challenge you, that you will, um, during your small group connect in this upcoming week, this is Saturday evening that we're with you, beginning next week as, during our small group connects, we're wanting you to, as a part of the question and answer, we're going to have you, one of the questions is going to be to share a testimony of how you stepped out. That's kind of church speak, basically means you don't see it yet. You don't have, you're only hoping for it. But you took action in faith, and then God answered. In other words, what you did without promise beyond faith then became reality. So be thinking about that over the next several days of a, of a story, of an example that will both remind you of the past, will encourage you, but will also encourage your brothers and sisters that faith is real. Faith is that measure that God has given to each of us that allows us to see what is not yet seeable and to believe in and hope in what has not yet become a reality. Lord Jesus, I pray tonight that you would encourage us in our faith. God, that you would help us in your spirit, stir up the faith that is within us that would allow us then to, as we believe your word and as we believe the leading and guiding of your spirit, that as we're stirred, we would take action. God, I pray a blessing upon this church and upon these people. Thank you for their previous faithfulness. And God, I pray that we would continue to be faithful and I pray it in Jesus' name. God bless you all. It's been great to be with you. Have a great night. Good night.